But one thing that we've said a lot of times, you've probably seen us pray over people as they're about to go to different countries or whatever to, to share the gospel. One thing we always say is, you know, maybe we can't all actually go, but when part of our family goes, we all go as a family. And so I asked some of uh, our friends to come up. Um, they were involved in the trip. Uh, most of them are, are, are on our staff, amazing people. And uh, I asked them to come up and share because these are our family stories. And these aren't just like, hey, listen to one thing God did one time. It's we're going to listen and hear reports of how God moved when Christians just went out and hit the streets and started talking about Jesus. And they were doing that in streets that you live in that you walk on, malls you go to, stores you drive past, cities you live, a city you live in. They were doing that there and God was moving like crazy. And like all good God things, when they happen, they're always just the start. And so I'm believing and praying for all of us this morning that when you hear this, Jesus said, the kingdom of God is like a sower who went out and sowed a bunch of seed. And he said, the seed is the word of the kingdom the word of the kingdom. You're about to hear the word of the kingdom of God. You're about to hear a word, hear a report of the kingdom of God. And I'm believing that these stories and truths, they're gonna plant seeds inside of us. And so I want us to be ready to receive them with good soil so that God can grow something out of it and bring a harvest from it because there's a lot that can come from one seed. Amen? Amen. So everybody raise your hand and say, I'm good soil. Awesome. All right, Sam. Uh, this is Sam, everybody's favorite pastor, Antioch, if you don't know him. And Sam, <laughs> Sam was the, the, the leader of the trip and organized all of it and all that sort of good stuff. So give us a little bit of an overview of what was Wake Indy and how did you all spend the week? Yeah, so Wake Indy, like you said, was a group of us taking the entire week off, just like we would to go somewhere else on a mission trip, but we were doing that here in our city. And uh, what we did was every morning, put simply, I'll expand on this, but we got with God and then we went with God every day. So what that looked like was we would gather every morning here at the church and we would spend some time in worship and, uh, and in prayer, trying to hear from God, connect with God, uh, and then we would go out from there. What that looked like, uh, the going out part was breaking into groups and going to different lunch places. We had some people every day going to a park to take sack lunch and just eat lunch there and meet people. As you, and as you do lunch there with your kids running around at the park, just engage with people around you uh, and begin to connect with them and have conversations with them uh, that lead to talking about Jesus. We had people go to the mall every day for lunch, go to the mall food court and do the same thing or go out to restaurants. And we rotated those groups each day, which ones went to which location. And then in the afternoons, we got together and we we had these little uh, missions that we had put together, these little service project things that we worked on throughout the afternoon. Uh, there was also some downtime for the families who had kiddos because, you know, you need nap times and all that stuff. So it was very much geared to us as a people. How can we uh, engage our city? And those little missions that we did in the afternoon ranged from, hey, go pass out these you know, water bottles, Gatorade bottles at uh, the Monon Trail and pray for people and ask them if they need anything uh, prayed for uh, all the way to like, let's go clean the tables or clean the, the bathrooms at this place. And as we're doing that, let's, let's pray for people, let's share the gospel, let's hear from God and then 
operate out of that. And then in the afternoon, uh, late afternoons, evenings, uh, most nights we went out to these apartment complexes and we canvassed, meaning we went door to door and we shared uh, and just knocked. It was, you know, kind of awkward at times, but just, hey, here's who we are. We're in your neighborhood. Uh, We love Jesus. We follow him. And uh, is there anything we can pray for you for? Have you ever heard of Jesus or things like that? And just got to meet our neighbors and share Jesus with them. Uh, There was one night. Quick quick question about that. Did some of those interactions not go very well? Very much so. But then after that, did life go on? Life went on, yes. Wow. I'm I'm still here. Yeah, we're still here. Uh, One of the nights. That's great. I know. Yeah, that's encouraging. (laughs) One of the nights we had a big event in our parking lot that we were inviting people to that week too. So if some of them went south, we'd just say, whatever, free food Thursday night come, you know. Uh, You you don't want to hear about anything, but that's fine. Come Thursday night where they got to hang around people who know Jesus some more, which led to more opportunities to have those conversations, not awkwardly in front of your apartment door, you know. So that was the general overview of the week. Yeah. yeah, it was awesome. You guys did a car wash, we which did. is awesome. Yep, we did a car go. wash right out here. Party so, time. I don't know, 15 to 20 cars, I yeah. think, came through. It's awesome. Yeah. So good. It was an awesome week. And uh, you did a great job leading it, by the way. Sam's the man. Planned it, prayed for it, organized it. Way to go. So, we're going to get into a whole bunch of cool stories. Uh, so, Aaron, I'm going to come to you first. We only got one mic, so we got a lot going on. A lot of passing. Um, good thing COVID's gone. We don't have to... <laughs> thing of the past. What's <laughs> that? All right. So, uh, Aaron, first of all, so for you, um, I know a lot of people can hear about like a trip like this or did hear about a trip like this and they're like, ooh, sounds cool. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. That yeah. sounds scary. And they're like, that's probably for the people who have done this before. You ever done anything like that before? Uh, no, this, this week? is my first one. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of new yeah. for you, right? Yeah, definitely. So, what were you feeling like heading into the week? Um, yeah, that's to say enough, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, it was um, it was surprising. Um, I say how easy it was. Um, it was easier than I thought it was. I was like, we're gonna go around door to door. Um, everybody's gonna slam the door in your face. Uh, so just be ready for rejection over and over again. Um, but we found out that a lot of people were receptive to you stepping to the door, even if I guess they didn't believe they were ready for prayer in some form or fashion. So. Uh, even that was a, was a blessing to somebody who's, who's done it for the first time. So, yeah. So good. So I know God did a lot kind of in and through you while you were out and about, but um, you also had a cool thing happen in one of the morning times. Uh, so tell us a little bit about what happened one morning for you. Yeah, so um, we had morning sessions, uh, like Sam was talking about, where we prayed over, uh, prayed and had, um, I guess, certain sessions where people talked about things. and. Yeah. Um, we had a session with Brad Huff, and he talked a little bit about um, healing and how, um, you know, just a, a plethora of things. And um, so uh, he starts off about talking about healing in, in one of his uh, sessions, and he says, uh, somebody got healed from lactose intolerance. Um, and so he's like, is there anybody in the room uh, that's lactose intolerant? And, uh, and then everybody's like, Aaron? And I was like, <laughs> 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 um, yeah, yeah. So I'm behind the camera, and um, if uh, I guess if I could blush, or you could see it, uh, then I did. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And everybody knows my bowel movement. So, um, <laughs> um, so, so yeah, it was like me. Um, so, uh, in very in a very short way, Brad Hub was like, "Well, in Jesus' name, uh, you're healed of lactose intolerance." And so, uh, so I still wanted to test that because. Uh, 
uh, bad things happen where you're lactose intolerant and you have dairy. So, uh, so I was like, well, Tess, uh, my wife, uh, who's in eight kids right now, shout out. But um, she, uh, I was like, well, let's test this, you know. So she drinks milk uh, like it's going out of style. And uh, I was like, I'll drink some of your whole milk. I've been drinking almond milk. And so um, for the first night, I drank a cup of milk. And I was like, cool, let's just wait. Um, <laughs> storm could come in the night. So, uh, <laughs> so um, um, but yeah. That morning, I felt great, and so I was like, well, cool, let's, uh, let's try other things, so tried ice cream. We had uh, cheese at, uh, yeah, yeah, amen <laughs> to that. Mrs. Stoller, I don't know where she is, but she gave me a handles card, so uh, <laughs> I have yet to try that place out. Uh, but uh, yeah, I've uh, tested it many times, and in, uh, in the name of Jesus. Come on, amen. So good. I love it. <laughs> amen. It's not the most common prophetic word. In fact, the Lord's... Highlighting lactose intolerance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm more of the like, I feel like somebody got out of bed this morning. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. the Lord loves you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so good, man. That's so good. And I know you, you went out a handful of times with Tim Shin, right? Yes. Tim, you're in the back, aren't you? Stand up, Tim. Yeah. Yeah. Stand yeah. up. Tim is awesome. Yeah. Tim, is, Tim is very awesome. Tim was like, I heard like four different times from four different people throughout the week, like, you got to go out with Tim. He's so bold. And I told him that yeah. later. I was like, Tim, you're like really leading people and showing people how to do it. He's like, I'm scared just like everybody else. I just, yeah. he goes, I just figured we should just do it. Yeah. I was like, yeah, me too. Yeah. 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 So good. Amen to that. <laughs> so if you're scared, think Tim just said do it. Yes, yes. Thanks, Tim, for leading us. Awesome. All right, we're going to go to Mindy, Miss Mindy back here. Mindy Katinsky. On our A-Kids team. Amazing. So uh, Mindy spent her whole week organizing stuff for the kiddos. And because we had a lot of families and parents doing it. And so you did some stuff for elementary kids, organized some stuff for the elementary kids every day. So tell us a little bit about what that was and just what were you encouraged about in the week and seeing, man, God's not just moving through adults, but shocker, he moves with the kids too. <laughs> Who would have thought? Um, yes. We had a great time. Um, we did every, every day of the Wake Indy, we had the preschool kids. We learned about the fruits of the spirit, which is awesome. Um, did some experiments with baking soda and vinegar, which every kid loves a good wow moment. So I got a lot of, do it again, do it again. Um, and then we did God Encounters for our elementary kids, which um, we're actually doing right now in a kids. And what that is, is um, basically, I, you know, you've probably heard um, us say a lot in a kids is that there's no junior Holy Spirit and um, that the kids have, we have the same God and the same access to his power and his Holy Spirit um, as adults do that the kids do as well. And so we make space um, on the Sundays to, to really just talk about the Holy Spirit and pray and worship and hear from him. So we wanted to do a mini version of that. And um, what I was most encouraged by was the, I got a group of parents together to lead some of those days. And it was so encouraging because it was really a picture of um, just like spiritual parenting. Um, and, and also we, you know, we believe in Anak Kids that parents, you are the number one disciple of your kids, but it's also so important to have um, your aunts and uncles and your grand, grandparents and your 
friend's mom and just leading you um, spiritually and just the example of that. And um, so it was so encouraging to see um, these other moms and parents lead out their kids and then to see what they were doing um, in the evening sessions of knocking on doors and inviting people to the party or passing out um, slips of paper at the park and just being intentional. Um, so yeah, uh, it, it's just mind-blowing, just what the kids are excited to do and what they can learn. And I'm just thankful for, um, yeah, just all the families who are able to be a part of that and, and disciple our kids. Yeah, it is so encouraging to see the stuff that you set up and the rest of the kids team, but also the parents. It's just so cool what God's doing in the kids in our church. I mean, right now, like, like Mindy said, back in the new room, they're doing a God encounter for elementary kids. I'm like, ah, wasn't doing that when I was in elementary. I wasn't thinking that way, but our kids are thinking that way. Like I can hear the voice of God. And uh, I know there were some cool stories and some cool takeaways, but what was maybe one story that sticks out or, or one cool takeaway for you from the week as you were helping lead all that? Um, I think this is the great thing about kids is they always ask a question that I don't feel like I'm ready to answer. <laughs> um, but we were talking about um, the life of Paul on Monday and um, one sweet little girl um, had, had kind of said, I thought only Jesus could heal people. Uh, why, is, why can Paul heal people? And I was like, oh, shoot. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Go ask Brad Huff. Great. Or Aaron. Call Aaron. <laughs> um, and so we just had a conversation about how, you know, we, we have this same power um, that raised Jesus from the dead when we believe in Jesus Christ. And it's ultimately the Lord's decision and timing, but, you know, we always believe in faith and we pray in faith. And um, it was just, it was neat. Um, this specific little girl has gone through her own trial of sickness. And then just for me being able to share, I've gone through my own trial of sickness and um you know, not being healed yet and still believing in faith. And, um, you know, and so we, be, we were able to kind of share that together. And um, yeah, it was just really sweet for my heart because um, I'm like, man, I, I know what you're asking. And I, and I get that, you know, yeah. when you have people who pray over you for healing and you're not healed and you're like, what's going on? And um, so it, it was just, yeah, just a really sweet moment and just getting to talk about, you know, we, we can believe in faith and we do have the same power and Jesus is good still, even, even if we're not healed immediately. So it was good. Amen. That's so good, Mindy. So good. Mindy's amazing. And you, do you need to get back to kids? Okay. Well, th thanks, for, thanks for making time for us. Yeah. <laughs> Mindy's awesome. I know there's a, I, I think I just want to encourage parents, you know, off of that, like, don't be afraid to go there with your kids. Like when your kids have a question or if you can see they have a question, don't be afraid to lean in. Like, uh, I know that's something we're learning even with our little kids, but just story after story of what's happening in Antioch kids is that, you know, kids are hungry. They, they want to ask real questions and they want to hear your real your real questions and stuff. And if you can invite them to go on that journey with you, like don't be afraid of not having all the answers. Let's, let's be parents who go in there with our kids, you know, and lead the way. And I was proud of so many parents who brought their kids on the trip. I know there was a couple little girls just wrote Jesus love you in chalk on the um, sidewalk one day. And you're like, oh, that's so sweet. But then some guy walked by and was like, oh my gosh. He's like, I, I moved back here recently and I haven't, like, found a, I haven't felt close to God in a long time. Like I needed that. Like, oh, I thought that was just like a sweet girly thing two little girls did. But like, 
apparently God's bigger than my ideas, you know? And Luca Langivartles was probably one of some of my favorite stories. He had this whole spiel of how he loved handing out the cards, these invite cards, you know? And he would walk up to people and he'd say, I think you're going to have a good day because I'm going to invite you to church. <laughs> so just lean in with your kids. They're ready to go. They, they, they want to do it probably more than you do, which is like, hey, yeah, I really want to do this. Show me how. Show me how to be bold. So don't be afraid of doing it with your kids. So encouraging. All right, we're going to go to Bo now. Mr. Bo, Will Fong. We love you, Bo. Um, so... One of the things that I wanted to ask you to share, Bo, there's a, there a lot of cool things. And um, what Sam mentioned, the parking lot party that we had on Thursday night, and there was a, a couple who came to that that you ended up connecting with, and a whole bunch of cool stuff happened. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Well, we had a great week. I think first, uh, my takeaway is that we all stepped out in faith. This was not comfortable for us, but faith was activated and faith is always activated once you step out. And the Spirit said to me, uh, your sense of inadequacy is what makes you adequate. And by that, he was saying, look, if you are adequate, you're going to go out there and walk in the strength of your own adequacy, and you're going to fail. And all of us feel like, mm, I can't do that. So I want to encourage you to step out in faith. We have been activated. So uh, one of the things we did on Wednesday afternoon was car wash, and uh, I love the statistic, you know, because I met at least uh, two, two different groups of people uh, out of the 20 or fewer cars, so that was a great ratio. Uh, sorry, I'm a businessman too. Uh, but um, anyway, there was a couple there, young couple, and I'm like, mm, I think they speak Spanish. I'm intermediate level, and so I'll go up and, and introduce myself, and yeah, it was pretty clear. I start chattering and... Spanish. I've got about 10 paragraphs I can go really fast on, and then I, you know, have struggle. But anyway, we spoke for about an hour. What I know is that the scripture says, Jesus said there's more joy in heaven over one person that comes to know him as Savior. And so I'm like, I want to be in the joy of God. But the Apostle Paul says, there is no greater joy I have than my children walking in truth. So I take that one, to be winning the loss. Number two is discipleship. And so Denise and I, by chance, or by God's yes. divine orchestration, uh, we had just led uh, one of our Mexican friends to the Lord a week before, and we had started a little Bible study at our house. And so we invited this couple, uh, you know, come to our house. And so they did come. They have gotten you know, brought some food, some Peruvian food, and which I go to Peru a lot. So, I mean, there were lots of connections. We had a lot of fun. We did, we did our Bible study with them. We're inviting them back. Um, our Mexican friend has been back three times. And so, you know, we're, we are doing this. And what I know is that most people you invite to church don't come. But it's easier if you say, hey, you want to come to a five-week, uh, you know, just look at the Bible? And most people, even if they don't want to come, they're like, mm, I feel awkward to say no. So I'm just I'm like, okay, I'll just use that for my leverage. And like, hey, you want to come, don't you? You know, you don't go, well, I don't know if you want to come. You don't ask them that. You go, you want to come. You want to come life. You know, there's more joy. I mean, I want to have joy. And so doing this is like activating the joy from heaven and activating the joy on earth. So good. So 
There was like some crazy connections then it turned out between these people. Tell us Absolutely. About that. The, the Mexican lady that we know who lives in Westfield and, and, and this couple lives just down the street and, like, and I'm like, hey, we started this Bible study. Here's Suki. You know, here's a picture of him. I go, oh, we know Suki. You know, uh, you know he used to work for, for Suki's husband. I mean, like, okay, you know, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of Hispanic folk in Indianapolis and these three knew each other. I mean, yeah. It's kind of bizarre. You have to be the smartest person in the room to think, I think God might be doing yeah, something Yeah, 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 maybe. <laughs> and then weren't, weren't some of their uh, backgrounds, like from a lot of towns you've actually been to in South America uh, or something? Yeah, he's from uh, Venezuela and from a city called uh, Mike Maricar. I'm going to mispronounce it, Maracaibo. Uh, anyway, I'm like, okay, I know one, two, three, four, five different people from five different situations from, from that city. You know, I was, that's pretty bizarre. And then I'm like, I said, oh, well, I go to Peru and Colombia all the time. And, and she says, oh, my mom's from Peru and my dad's from Colombia. And I'm like, okay, great. And then I throw out Spanish slang. Now, you know, I mean, like, in my, now I'm 66, you know, I'm just now learning Spanish. So I, I'm like, okay, what is that word? I'm thinking, okay, I took a screenshot of it, you know, Coco, Coco Tasso means like when mom gives you a smack upside the head. Oh, they loved it. Yeah. And then they have another one like, ah, sumare, means like, wow, but only in Peru. And she goes, oh, I got to tell my mom. I can't believe you know that word. You know, I I'm super it. impressive. My reservoir of Spanish was entirely drained dry at the end of the Yes, that's so encouraging. One, that's like a crazy story. Like all these connections and stuff is so cool. But what I love about it is it started with you taking like, kind of an uncomfortable risk. I was like, I don't know, but these people might speak Spanish. Yeah. I sort of speak a little bit of Spanish. I'll go say hi. Right. And God's like, oh, do it. <laughs> you know, like, I dare you to open up that door. And I just, I'm challenged and encouraged to think more that way than the opposite way. Think like, maybe God's daring me to push on this door that I'm terrified to. Instead of assuming that there's like a punch to the face on the other side, yeah. maybe I should assume God's orchestrating nine crazy things yeah. and lean into it and see what happens, you know? So thanks for sharing, Bo. Super encouraging and challenging and yeah. exciting. It was so awesome. So um, Laurel, we're going to come to you. Laurel's awesome. Thanks for leading us in worship this morning. Yeah. <laughs> Laurel and the Caruana family are great, and you you participated in the week with all your kiddos. Yep. How was that? Um, well, it, I gotta say, I mean, I was really nervous about the whole week. Like, yeah. Lord, this is gonna be really long, and we were only gonna be there for the first three days. Yep. Um, first of all, what what made you do it? You've got these four kids, and you're what made you decide? Because you kind of had a lot of excuses not to. But you chose to do it and drag them into Jesus it. Jesus made yeah. me do it. <laughs> you know, sometimes you just can't tell them no. I want to not ever tell them no. You know, I'm really happy that there's an empty seat here, not because Mindy isn't here, but because and all of these stories, I'm like, these are Jesus's stories. Like he was there with us when we were doing these things and we're all in a different spot of maturity and boldness and experience, and I feel kind of inexperienced in this arena. I can seem bold sometimes, but inside, Tim, I'm with you. I'm shaking inside. Um, but I knew, I just said, Lord, 
I don't know how it's going to work out, but I'm just going to go and see what you're going to do. And so that's what I did. And I saw Jesus show up in my life and my kids' lives. And so, yes, wake Indy, but wake me. Yes, right. Is beautiful. So uh, I know one thing you did was you went to, well, you, you forced your kids into something at a store. And I, I did. I love this story. Please tell it. <laughs> so I wanted it to be nap time, and they wanted it to be nap time. And Hannah goes, Mom, it looks like Macy's is photoshopped on the backdrop of the sky. And because we were driving to go find a place to take a nap, literally. And I look at it, and I go, oh, my gosh, it looks like it's glowing. And as soon as... We say that, we look at each other, and we're like, oh, God wants us to go there. <laughs> we can't say no, okay. So I get a few moans in the car. That's no judgment, by the way. I just didn't let mine come out. <laughs> we go, we pull in, and uh, we go into Macy's. And immediately we see things that my kids want to buy, a few of them. I mean, you know, we all do, right? And I said, fine, we'll get them. But first, you have to step out in boldness. So total bribery, by the way. <laughs> but it works. Um, <laughs> there's that parenting tip is for free. <laughs> um, so we walk around the store awkwardly creeping for a while. And then I'm just sitting there going, you know what, Lord? We just have to step out with those subtle inclinations that we get, which was, you know, looking at Macy's glowing and going, it's subtle, but I think it's God. And so um, my fa- one of my favorite moments is when Caleb, one of my sons, who just decided to be bold in a moment and saw this father and his young son and walks up to them and boldly says, hey, I'm Caleb. Uh, do you need prayer for anything? Come that on, was Caleb. it, you know? <laughs> And this dad and his little two or three-year-old boy looks back at Caleb in shock for a second and says, yes, I do. I've been having really bad seizures lately out of the blue. And Caleb says, okay, well, we'll pray for you right now. So right there in the aisle of Macy's, we entreated God to heal him and just prayed things that come to your mind in that moment, which maybe you don't necessarily think about when you're talking with somebody. And one of the things I prayed for him was, when you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. And we finished praying, and then he looks up, kind of astounded at me. And I said, what? And he said, "Uh, both my seizures happened in the middle of the night when I was sleeping. And so that was really ministering to him, just faith that God was touching him and hearing and seeing him because he's not even from the area. Wow. So that was a very precious moment that the Spirit of God orchestrated because he wasn't necessarily somebody who you would look and think, oh, he needs prayer for healing. He looked just like an ordinary, healthy dad. Right. Um, So yeah, that was a sweet moment. So good. So I'm going to come to Steph next. And one of the things that is kind of a common theme in a lot of these stories that you kind of hit on, Laurel, is like people, are, people need God. Yeah. <laughs> like people are waiting for us to just like ask a question and invite and, and ask if they need prayer or whatever. And like you just finished up saying, like we don't need to be, we don't need to have it all figured out and look around and be like, oh, that, prop, that person probably needs yeah, some right. prayer. They look like a mess. We need to pray for them, you know? <laughs> and it's like, no, we just need to have the faith that like 
People have, people have a need for God. And if we'll step out into it, God's going to meet us there. And Steph, that happened for you uh, with a hotel staff. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, we were in the checkout process at a hotel and asked the woman if there's been anything on her heart that she needed prayer for. And we start ministering to her. She got interrupted, had to help somebody else. But then it was really cool. There's a guy on the maintenance staff who he kind of like engaged with us and just starts talking to us. And he ends up opening up and shares that he's actually experienced a lot of loss Um, over the years. Like in 09, he lost his 16-year-old son. And then in 2017, lost his wife. And I just like immediately ask him, like, do you have a relationship with Jesus? <laughs> and he's like, you know, I was a lot more spiritual before my son passed. He was like, but honestly, after that day, my wife and I sat at the table and just wanted to commit suicide and just in like deep, deep <laughs> tragedy. And um, anyway, so he says you know, they had sought like a medium and the medium had told them, told him a couple things that nobody else knew. And Around that time, he starts hearing his son's voice talking to him, and he's hearing his wife's voice at this point talking to him. And I feel like prompted by the Holy Spirit to tell this man that the demonic can actually disguise itself in familiar voices. And then I hear the Holy Spirit say, I want to reveal myself to him as the spirit of the one true living God. And I'm like, okay, you know, like, (laughs) here we go, you know. (laughs) Nobody wants to be the one to tell tell you your son and your wife's voice are demonic. Anyway, and so I'm sitting on that, and to my surprise, within the minute, he says, but then there's this other spiritual woman I met, and she said that my wife and son's voice were demonic. And I'm like, how did you feel when she said that to you? Were you, like, mad about that, or did you feel angry at God? I'm, like, totally feeling it out. And he's like, and he's like no, I'm just confused. And I said, the Lord is saying that it is the demonic <laughs> that's disguising itself into familiar voices, but that he wants to reveal himself to you as the spirit of the one true living God. And he's like, okay, you know. And, and so we just prayed with him right there, just that like God would reveal himself. So. So crazy. So good. And what we didn't get, we, we weren't able to get into is uh, what I understand you and Laurel had met with a woman the day before and put her up in that hotel. They come back to the hotel to meet with her and she was gone. And it's like, oh, failure, you know, like that didn't go anywhere. But you just stayed present with where you were at, started talking to the girl behind the counter. She gets distracted. But God was knocking on all these doors. And the way the guy connected with you, he basically like was in the other room, like poked his head in it and was basically like, you guys talking about prayer or something like that, right? He's like, are you guys talking about losing someone? We're like, no, have you lost someone? Yeah, right. (laughs) But like, again, it's just another example of like, you guys just being faithful to just love whoever was right in front of you. Not carry the weight of like, I've got to change the entire world for all these people. Yeah. Like, I'm going to love this person as long as I'm with this person. And God was able to just use you guys and steer you. And, and it's that um, humility, I think, that you were carrying that made a way for you to hear this, hear God give you this really intense word of knowledge. And then, but God paves the way. And you just walked in such like calm faith that was like, I'm going to do what I can do, not worried about what I can't do. And I think that's a huge lesson in my life and for all of us as we think about engaging with people in our life. It's like, well, what happens when we get to the point where I don't know what to say or I don't know what to do or whatever, you know, like, because I'm going to get there. And I think we can get so scared of that sometimes and our fear of not being able to do everything keeps us from just doing something. But you just kept saying, okay, I'm going to do whatever I can do in this moment. And God did really, really powerful things through it. So way to go. And thanks for showing us how to do it. So encouraging. 
All right, we got Sammy Orndorff. <laughs> Sammy's amazing. Um, so Sammy and Chris, uh, they live right down the street from us. So when we were talking about Wake Indy and focusing on Castleton, they're like, hey, that's our neighborhood. And you guys did such an awesome job of yes. really taking ownership of this week and being like, hey, like this is for us in our neighborhood. And so we're going to really dive deep into our neighbors and our neighborhood and stuff like that. So give us a little bit of a window of how you took advantage of the week to be intentional with your neighbors. Uh, um, <clears throat> hi. Okay. So... Um... Yeah, we, Chris and I have lived in our neighborhood for almost six years now, and we have always kind of been bummed that it's not more of like a social neighborhood or a community neighborhood, and was just really convicted coming back from D.C. when we were on our mission trip with ADS earlier, um, that we are in our neighborhood, and we, we can take the first step to make that happen, um, and I, we like to overcomplicate things sometimes, and we were like, "Oh, we could do a cookout, or we could have a taco party, or like all this, all these thoughts." And it just kept us from never doing anything. And finally, we were like, "Let's just get ice, like ice pops, like freezer pops, and bubbles. That's easy. We can do that. If no one comes, great. We're not that much out." <laughs> um, and so, yeah, we just, we decided to do a, like, a little cul-de-sac party in our neighborhood, and I posted on all the apps and, like, next door and all the things, um, and it was really, really awesome. Um, yeah, just, we're so, uh, yeah, convicted of taking, taking that step, just the small step to engage in our neighborhood and create space just to talk to people and interact with them beyond just, like, the, hi, hi, like that we do. Yeah, you were sharing some with me kind of when the week was over, the three of us were talking about just some of the things God had been convicting you of as you took these steps and then saw what happened. Um, could you share with all of us a little bit of what you were sharing with me? Yeah, so again, I think I just was really convicted of A, overcomplicating, like I talked about, and then also oversimplifying. So I think um, like a bit a big win for Satan was convincing us that like being a good neighbor is just saying, hi, how are you doing? Good, great. And like going on our way. Like I, I can be nice to anyone, um, but that's not really loving my neighbor. That's not really um, like investing in them. Um, so there's this one particular house on our, we live on a cul-de-sac and one particular house that I've always tried to, to get to. And like I've given Christmas cookies and put my Christmas card in their mailbox and try to wave and I'm famous for waving and no one waves back at me. Um, <laughs> so anyway, the Tuesday night of Wake Indy, we are going out in our neighborhood to knock on the doors and be like, hey, we're having this party, come to it. And this couple walks out like right when we were there and Chris just like charged, like went in their driveway and was like, hi, I'm Chris, we're your neighbors. And we've, again, we've lived next to them for six years and I... It was just amazing to be like, wow, I've kind of had this picture in my head of who all my neighbors are. But once we started talking to them, was just blown away with who they actually are and their, their stories and um, like the richness of, I mean, so many of them were also believers involved in amazing ministries around the city that I had no idea about. And it was just really cool to, to just see the fruit of stepping past the like, I can be nice or I can actually love you and talk with you and... Yeah, it's not, it's not normal. Like, we don't normally go into people's driveways and um, don't normally take the conversation to the next step, but it's easy to do, and we should do it. 
And then tell, tell us how God connected that with what you had been reading in James kind of around Ooh, that time. Okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, again, back in DC, I was reading in James um, about the sin of partiality and how we can tend to look at one person over another or um, v- like, I can't think of the word right now, but connect with someone just on how they look or what, what they're wearing or whatever. And um, yeah, I was just really convicted of that because there were also some specific like homes in our neighborhood where maybe I've been like, oh, they don't really like mow their lawn or (laughs) like whatever. And again, we're walking around and it just happened that those people who I've never seen, like never seen anyone in this yard for six years are sitting out in their yard having a picnic. And we were like, great. And again, just had this amazing conversation with them and was so convicted of like, I have made all of these stories in my head of my neighbors and I and I didn't bother finding them out if they're true. And they're not. So yeah, just really wow. convicted on that too. So good. I mean, you're the only one who's ever done that. <laughs> Man, I remember sitting at the table on Friday night and you shared that with me. And I was like, I need to leave. Like, I'm so, <laughs> I'm so uncomfortably convicted right now. Like, how often do we do that? Right. And I was starting to think, wow, there are so many hurdles I've created in my own head about people in my life, my neighbor, whatever, you know? And like, gosh, it was in that moment I knew Sammy had to share that from a microphone. And so I, I just want to highlight that and just Took like- you two questions to get me there. Yeah, I know, so sorry. I was like, we're getting there, Sammy. <laughs> but I want to make sure we all hear that because I think that's something every one of us can respond to and just check our own hearts and say, wow, God, where am I being partial towards people? And just selecting people I even think are nice people or I think they're the hermits of the neighborhood, or I think they're the this, like, oh, I'm not going to talk about it too much longer because it's convicting, but I just want to, I think, man, I, I just, I'm, I'm full of faith for like, wow, I just feel like you're highlighting one of those paper doors, you know, like a paper brick wall that's like, oh, we could never get through to these people, and I'm like, wait, I've probably just been telling myself that for a long time. And I wonder where we have been doing that and what God might be doing on the other side of that paper brick wall. And if we'll just push on it, we can make some new friends and all sorts of cool stuff. So thanks for leading the way in that, Sammy. So good. So Chris, we're going to come to you. Oh man, we, we don't have a whole lot of time. Should we just skip you, Chris? No, I'm just kidding. No, this is so good. This is so good. I got a mic. So, you can't stop me. No, no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, one of the things you guys did in the morning, so Bo shared, I know, at least one of the mornings, kind of an equipping and encouragement on how can you share your testimony and use your, use your own life story to help uh, make a connection with people and share the gospel. Yeah. And that was huge for you. And uh, you had some cool stuff happen. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so if you guys have never heard... Bo Wolfong teach anything, I advise you to do it. Man, that guy, he is blessed beyond measure. And there's just something about when he starts talking and you start listening, and you're like, that's practical. And you made it way less complicated than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, but it was one of, I forget if it was Wednesday or Thursday, um, but Bo's talking uh, again just on the concept of us relating to people and evangelizing, getting to Jesus and who Jesus is, and, and how, do we, like, how do we relate to people when we start that conversation? And one of the parts, he's like, I uh, imagine the story of David and Goliath, and, and David's defeated Goliath, and he, he picks Goliath's sword up off the ground, and he lifts it up in the air for all to see, and I'm like, well, maybe that's how, and he's like, that's how I imagined it to happen. I'm like, okay, great. So he's like, 
Goliath's swords, like take that, write it down. Do not underestimate the power of your testimony. Like do not underestimate the power of, of what God has done in your life. Uh, I think we have so many days we go through where God's done some really cool stuff and we're like, that's, especially as Jesus follows, we're like, that's pretty normal, like whatever. Like there are so many people that, that don't know what that means and don't know what it looks like and just they haven't seen it. So put the, those are stories that you can hold, stories that you can carry, that even in just like an instant, whether you're talking about Jesus or not, somebody's telling you something that's going on in their life, oh, hey, that relates to something that God did for me. Hey, you know what God did in my life? Here's this thing, a sweet interjection, a Goliath sword that you had, a victory, a conquer that you've had in your life that God's done for you, that you can pull out uh, and, and use. For me, this came to on... Uh, Thursday night at the cookout. Um, I had, throughout the week, I had knocked on doors. I'd, I'd prayed for people, um, met neighbors, did all kinds of stuff, but I never got to share the gospel with anybody. Um, and then it was like, the night had been essentially like rained out, right? Like we, were, we were there for like an hour, the rain comes pouring, and then we're like, people kept staying, kept eating, and it was awesome. But uh, people started putting the tables away, and there were these two high schoolers, they look like they are high schoolers, um, they started carrying the tables uh, from like the offices back over to the family room over here. And I'm like, first off, I'm like, I don't even, I've never seen these kids before and they're picking up tables and carrying stuff and I'm gonna go talk to them. <laughs> so I follow them back over to like get some more tables and I was just like, who are you guys? How'd you get connected here? And the first awesome thing was like, oh, we just came through the car wash yesterday and we heard about it and I'm like, Man, two high school kids came to get their car washed, and then they're like, you know what I'm going to do on my Thursday night? I'm going to go, like, we're just the two of us, we're going to come hang out with a whole bunch of people we don't know at this church, and I'm just like, sweet. <laughs> uh, so I'm like, well, what's your background in church? Like, like, do you know Jesus? And the kid's like, I've been to church before and, and heard Jesus, and that was like the moment where I'm like, they need to know about Jesus. <laughs> And I'm going to tell them about Jesus. So I got to share the gospel with them. Um, and the way I got to interject, it, it was so safe for me. I felt so safe in that, like, and just very bold in it because of the Goliath story. I have, like, a testimony of my own. I forget how the conversation led, but there was a moment where I was like, that's so relatable to how God pulled me out of a life that I was living and into starting to follow him. Here's what it looked like. And the kid's like, wow, like you started there and like you can be the pastor, like you're the pastor, one of the pastors at this church now. How does that work? And it's like, yeah, Jesus is amazing. Like where you are right now doesn't define who you are forever. Like we are on a walking path that God is guiding us through, right? And he's just like, I've never heard it that way before. So like, there it is. Like one simple thing, all the times that God's moved in your life, the the times that you've seen God move, write it down, keep it with you. Do not underestimate what it is because it's, it's more powerful than you know. The name of Jesus is more powerful than you know, let alone where you saw the actions that Jesus did in your life. It's more powerful than you know. So good, so good. Sometimes we think we need to have the whole Bible memorized before we do all this stuff, but the power of your testimony, just is connecting with people, being like, I went through a hard thing too, and God did this. It's like, oh, that's encouraging. You know, God's not far off. So I love that Goliath sword uh, picture. That's really cool. So y'all got tons of swords. Yes. 
to carry around. It's awesome. All right, so Sam, you're going to finish us up here. And uh, we just got a couple minutes left, but as after the trip is over and God's done all sorts of cool stuff, and now we're sitting up here, as one of, the, as one of our pastors here, like, what is it that you want to make sure that we as a church hear as we get up and leave out this this morning? Yeah, that's so good. I mean, uh, first off, the, these themes of uh, confidence or boldness, just like, hey, it, he is moving and we're a part of what he's doing. And I think that stands out in all of our stories. There's just this theme of the confidence. Uh, like, so, so getting with him, a relationship with him and moving from a place of confidence, I think is the big, the black bullet point stuff. And then what is it, you were sharing just something that you're walking away with that yes. you wanted to make sure we all heard. Yes. Um, yeah, I, the way I'll say it is that, uh, that he, he desires our ear. And I know that sounds funny, so like, hold, like hang in there with me, you know? But uh, we, that week, what he kept speaking to us and what kept happening was just, he was saying, just be with me, hear from me, uh, because I have things for you to do. I have people for you to meet. And so I, I have plans and purposes for your life, but how can you know them unless you hear from me? And so this, 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 this week, what he did in the group of people, which means he's doing for all of us, and he did in all of us, and what he's wanting to say to all of us is, I, I desire your ear more than works or more than things. Like, I know it's easy to hear about a week where even I was leading the trip saying, this week we're taking our step and living on mission. We're going to go do stuff. And he's saying, yes, come to me. Uh, it's easy to think of that stuff and think of doing. And he says, you come to me, I do the doing. And so I desire your ear. And even we just wrapped up our series in the book of Revelation and Jesus ends every letter with, he who has an ear to hear, let him hear what I have to say. And there are specifically two, um, two stories that God spoke to uh, me in different ways over that trip that I felt like was for the people of the trip and now for us. One is the story of Mary and Martha, or one is preoccupied with doing things, prepping the house for Jesus, you know, working unto Jesus. Even in that moment, he's in her house. And one is sitting and listening to Jesus. And he says that she has chosen the good portion, which cannot be taken away from her, which is so amazing. And he's saying to us, I desire to have you, to have relationship with you. And from that place, I will send you out. I have plans and purposes for your life, but how could you know them if you don't come to me? And, and the other story uh, that he brought up again was uh, out of the, the story that he gave to us as our uh, word for this year, this turn aside word. Moses is doing his own thing, and he sees this burning bush, and he turns. And as soon as he turns, then Jesus speaks. Uh, God speaks to him. And in that moment, what I, I feel like he's saying to us is, I desire for you to turn aside and to look at me, and I will speak. So he desires our ear. So good. So encouraging. So um, I'm just going to pray that for us as we wrap up our morning together. And um, I'm going to pray that we would give Jesus our ear. Because that's really the, the, the simple thing that we can all do as we walk out of here, is we can all just be more intentional to say, okay, God, I want to turn my ear to you this week. That's what happened. That's where all these stories came from. You heard, him, you heard people referencing it over and over again. I felt like God said this. Like I heard God say this. I think God said to do this. And that's what we're going for. It's not who can have the most best ideas and be the craziest person to go do them all. 
How can we be people who slow down enough, turn our ear to Jesus and listen to what he has to say and then just simply respond to that? I believe that even as we're doing this this morning, as I'm about to pray, there's gonna be names or faces in your life that your neighbor's with, that you work with, that, that God's kind of pressing in your mind or in your heart this morning. And I think that's the voice of God. I think that there's some paper brick walls in our lives that we need to bust down here pretty soon. Yeah. There's some people we need to call or invite over for dinner or some simple steps that each one of us need to take um, because we don't necessarily need to pack up and go somewhere else overseas this week. God's moving in this city. God's moving in your neighborhood. He's moving in your family. And if we will turn our ear to him to hear him, we will be about his business. So Lord, we are asking that you would speak to us that... um, we, we, just, we come to an agreement right now that you can have our ears. You can have our ear as a church and you can have our ears individually. And Lord, as we go out into um, our neighborhoods or restaurants or workplaces or families, friend groups, everywhere we go this week, we're asking that you would give us grace by the Holy Spirit to slow down, at least on our inside, slow down, turn our ear towards you, hear what you have to say, And Lord, by your grace, give us the boldness and the faith to just do the one thing that you're putting in front of us next. But we choose right now. We believe you are moving in power. You're inviting us to be a part of it. And we want to be a part of it. And all of our maybe insecurities or or boldness, lack of boldness, whatever. And and like Bo said, in all the things that we have or don't have right now, we're coming to you. And we're asking that you'd fill us with the Holy Spirit and send us out to be witnesses to you, to be about your business and see your kingdom come in this city and in the, way, in the areas that you have us in. In the powerful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks for being at church this morning. If you are uh, new with us, before you go, if you're new with us or if you're hearing about all this Jesus stuff and you're like, I don't even know if I have a relationship with Jesus, please, please, please go by the connect area on your way out. Steph's over there. You saw her up here. She would love to, um, and she's got some people over there, would love to help you understand what it means to follow Jesus. Or if you're just new here and you wanna get connected to the church, there's some great next steps you can take. Um, So we'd love to see in the connect area on your way out. We love you so much. Thanks for being here this Sunday. Have an incredible day on this rainy day. Maybe naps for everybody. Have a great week in the grace of God. We'll see you later.